praise report I'll share for uh, the Vissers. Uh, they woke up this morning only to realize they had no heat in their house. And you'd be praying for Brother Colton, he learns how to pay his bills. But no, the, the heater, uh, the furnace wasn't working. And uh, how, what time did they come back on? About 2 o'clock? So about 2 o'clock today, she'd be praying for Miss B. She, she froze to death and uh, she was like a human popsicle. She's still thawing out. So if you see her change colors in the service, that's why. But uh, praise the Lord, they got that fixed. Uh, it's good to have a, a first-time guest with us, Jamie. Thanks for coming tonight. And I found us through Facebook. And uh, I apologize. You messaged our Facebook. I didn't see it. And uh, praise the Lord for the Darren saw it and responded. Then I saw the email from you. But thanks for being with us tonight. And uh, it's so unusual for us to have guests that are from the Philippines originally. We never have anybody ever here from the Philippines, so that's really exciting. But thanks for being here, Jamie. Uh, take your Bibles with me and turn to James chapter 1 tonight. James chapter 1. And we're going to look at the last kind of third of James 1 this evening, verses 18 through 25. going to talk about accepting the implanted word this evening. James chapter 1, follow along in verse 18. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Amen for that. Verse 22, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any bear record of the word, and not a, be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And let's pray together. Now, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity for us to gather, Lord, in the middle of a busy week. Lord, I thank you for these dear folks. So many of their schedules are filled with many things, and yet they made time to come and be here for Bible study tonight. Lord, not to be seen of men, but Lord, to be encouraged by the Word of God. To pray for one another, Lord, I pray you'd bless them. Lord, I pray you minister to the needs of hearts here this evening. Lord, as we prayed already, Lord, there are many prayer needs and prayer requests mentioned, but Lord, I know there are other prayer needs on the hearts of those gathered here and those not here, Lord, I pray you'd meet them. Lord, I pray you'd help us, Lord, as we think about the Word of God this evening. What a wonderful subject. Lord, would you use it powerfully in our minds, our hearts, and our lives. Change us tonight, Lord. Help me, Lord, to teach you right your truth. Lord, bless us, help us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We find it in the very third, last third of this passage, a little or a quarter of the passage, we find a portion of scripture that is about 
Scripture. It's about the nature of the Word of God, about what God's Word is, uh, the way which we are to use it every day. Uh, it's impossible, and get this statement, it is impossible to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ without and apart from a relationship with the Word of God. It's vital. It's vital. Uh, it is, we have to know how to use the Bible properly. How many of you have ever used a chainsaw before? How many of you have ever sawed a tree down, cut a tree? And we got some professional chainsaw men. Jim, you're probably a hardened, hardened professional. And uh, how many of you have ever seen uh, the guys that do the chainsaw sculptures before? You ever seen that? Have you done that? Can you do that, Brother Mon? I don't have to ask. I've seen you use the chainsaw. <laughs> You'd like to try it, but you can't do it either. Krim, do you have that skill? You don't have that skill either. Now, these men know how to use a chainsaw. They've used a chainsaw, but they can't take the chainsaw and do chainsaw sculptures. And they can cut their leg off, I mean, cut a tree down, uh, but it takes some skill in knowing how to take that chainsaw and, and carve with it rather than just, that's pretty easy. Even Pastor Rice can do that. The Word of God, God gives us not only the tool, but God gives us the instruction on how to use the tool effectively in our Christian life and our walk with the Lord. And we see that in James 1, verses 18 through 25. And we're going to notice some things tonight, six or seven things I want to give you, and then you know, six or seven subpoints and 372 subpoints under that. Uh, but no, I do have several things I want to give you tonight. Number one, we see three ways in the beginning of this passage we just read, three ways that the Word of God is described. If I ask uh, someone to describe me, and I ask them to, to use descriptive words, uh, Brother Maud, one of the words would probably be bald. Uh, another word would be large. Uh, there, there, Brother Bonnie, don't even, don't even go there. I know you were thinking of another word. Uh, probably no one would use the word petite. Uh, dainty would probably not be a word that would be used about me. Uh, there are some very specific words that God uses, that God gave to James to use to describe the Word of God. In verse 18, I want you to we'll see the first one here, the first phrase. Verse 18, it tells us, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Now, there's four words there I want you to pay attention to. The word of truth. It is a definitive article, a definite article. It's not a word. This is not a word, it is the word. There is a difference there. It is the word. It is the word of truth. It, it stands alone. There is no book that is equal to the word of God because it is the word of truth, and it is the word of truth. It, it is unique. We could look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is is a psalm about the Word of God. It talks about many aspects and facets of the Word of God, much like this passage we see in James. 
Uh, we could see Psalm 119, 160, Psalm 119, 43. Uh, I'm going to turn quickly uh, over uh, just here into the New Testament, a passage we just uh, looked at just a few months ago in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of truth? of the gospel, the word of the truth of the gospel, 2 Timothy 2.15. So many passages speak about the word of truth. This is not a truth. It is the truth. It is the whole of God's verbal communication which has been given to man. All of it. Absolutely all of it. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing missing. We were working on uh, getting an email out to preachers this week, and as we were, Colton was embedding some uh, hyperlinks, and we went to YouTube to find our YouTube page and looked, and Brother Darren, we thought that someone had hacked our YouTube account. The last video that, was, that we saw available was May of 2021, and I went, oh, great. They've axed our YouTube, and we're looking and trying to figure out what was going on, and uh, we looked up the service, and sure enough, you could find it. You couldn't find it. That was about the time we switched from just recording and, and adding it to doing live services. So there's a tab. By the way, just so you know, those of you here tonight, those watching our live stream, if you go to YouTube, click the live button. Even if we're not live, that's where all of our videos are now for you to watch. Has anybody had that same problem? You looked for videos, couldn't find it. We thought we had some serious issue. Uh, we thought, oh, no. It's not all here. We're missing a bunch of things. Uh, it's just a skeleton from the past. We don't have a skeleton from the past when it comes to God's Word. We have all of God's Word. And it's complete. It's finished. The Bible says, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with. I have that which is perfect. I have that which is complete. Not only complete and perfect, but preserved in my language today. What a wonderful thing that is, as we have the Word of God, the, the Bible, the Word of truth. Not only that, but in verse 21, notice another phrase, another description of the Bible. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, uh, which is able to save your soul. Notice that engrafted Word. Word. Now, that engrafted means that it has been implanted into us. If Brother Eric, do you have any trees in your yard, Brother Eric? What kind of tree do you have? A tree, right? What kind is it? Oh, apple tree. Awesome. So they got any apples growing on your apple tree? You got to be a better, they got to take better care of your apple tree. Oh, you be careful. Adam got in a lot of trouble for that. The woman thou gavest me. I saw that finger. That apple tree. And Brother Eric says, you know what? I don't want apples. I, I want a different kind of apple. You know, Eric could go and get somebody who knew what they were doing, and they could, they could take that apple tree. I've seen it's a small tree, but they could take that apple tree, and, and they could graft in, splice in a, a cutting from another type of apple tree and he could have literally different types of apples. I could take you from right here, seven blocks away from right this point, 
I could take you to a backyard where there is a tree. It's a crab apple tree, a large old crab apple tree, which I, if I remember right, the last time I saw it and talked to Henry about it, I think there was 18 or 20 different types of apples grow on that one crab apple tree. Because Henry, the guy that took care of the community hall there, would graft in these different branches from different apple trees, and the tree would grow all these different fruits. The Word of God is engrafted or implanted into us. That's a wonderful thing. It is the, notice there, uh, the engrafted Word. There's only one Word of God. And God wants it engrafted or planted to become one with you. When they engraft that branch, they split it open and they put a new branch in, they put a protection around it so it heals over. So the sap travels from one to the other so they become one. And if you look after it heals, there's this scar but that growth continues as one tree. God wants the word of God to be engrafted, implanted into us. What a wonderful thing God wants to give us his word. Verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Perfect law of liberty. The third description that God gives us here in James, the word of God is perfect. That, that, that's a wonderful thing. That means it's complete, but it means more than that. It's pure. It's, it's infallible. It, it tells us that the author is perfect. There's no failings at all. The word itself is perfectly suited to your needs. The Bible is perfect for what you need. How many have ever used a shoe to, to nail a, a nail in the wall? Have you ever done that? I've done that. I'm going to tell you right now, a shoe is not a perfect hammer. I mean, it'll work in a pinch. Make sure you have a leather-soled shoe. Don't, don't be nail, trying to nail with a rubber-soled shoe. That's, that's just not going to work. Uh, but and, and don't be using a high heel. That's probably not the... Maybe if you're doing little teeny nails and you're really accurate, you've got to be real careful. But Brother Bonnie, that's not a good tool. It's, it'll work, but it's not the right tool. There is a right tool for every job, and the Word of God is the perfect tool for your life, for your heart, for your family, for your relationships. It's perfect. And then we see the word law, the perfect law of liberty. The Bible is the law. It's God's law. We don't decide the law. How many of you have ever gotten pulled over and gotten a speeding ticket? Brother Gerald, have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Not yet. Tonight he's going to. Man, he likes snow. He's never gotten a speeding ticket. There's more and more things. He likes tomatoes. We're going to vote Brother Gerald out Sunday. I will confess I had enough speeding tickets for me and Brother Gerald. I, I've been pulled over for speeding, Brother Bonnie. I know you never have because you're a perfect driver, but I... It's been a long time. Rebecca, you were with me one time. I got a speeding ticket. The only thing I ever got pulled over in Canada for speeding. And, you know, when a police officer pulls you over for speeding and they come up and say, uh, sir, why do they always do this? Do you know how fast you were going? 
I want to say, don't you know? Isn't that why you pulled me over? <laughs> and I, I remember one time I was driving from college. It was Thanksgiving break. I got on my 1995 Ford Ranger as soon as class was over. I took off. I'm flying from Indiana down to uh, West Virginia. I take it. I was off work for a few days. I got to go visit family. And I was driving across Ohio. No, Indiana. I was near, near uh, Richmond, Indiana, driving across Highway 70. And I can't remember exactly how fast I was going, but it was above 100 miles an hour. And I was going along, and I was <laughs> hammered down. I'm going to go and see family. I'm in a rush. I'm going to hurry. And it's like a six-and-a-half, seven-hour drive. I'm trying to make it in five. And all of a sudden, I see in the distance, way, way back there, lights. Well, that's really weird. I start slowing down. I mean, he must be pulling somebody over back there. I slow down. Man, I better get down to speed limit because I got a police officer coming back there. And eventually, a long time later, he finally came up behind me. Lights are on. And I pulled over. And he said, uh, he said, it took me, I can remember how long, to catch up with you. <laughs> he said, I've been chasing you for however far. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I said, sir, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, I'm in a rush. I'm trying to get to see family. I'm a college student. I didn't tell him I was going to Bible college. I figured I'd leave that out. And uh, I said, I'm trying to get to see my family. And I'm, I'm driving too fast. And, and he, he did this. He was wonderful to me. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to let you pick what I write the speeding ticket for. He said, the first time I clocked you, I think it was like 120 miles an hour. And he said, I clocked you at 120, 110, 190, whatever it was. And uh, the last one he gave me an option for was like 80 miles an hour. And the speed limit was 70. And I said, uh, sir, I'd really appreciate it if you'd write it for 80 miles an hour. And he did, praise the Lord. And it was a nice gift. But if I'd have looked at him and said, sir, I'll decide how fast I want to go. You don't tell me how to drive you think you are? I'm in charge of this car. I'll drive just as fast as I want. <laughs> Speed away. I'd still be in a jail cell in Indiana somewhere. No, I don't make the law. That's why I got a ticket. I broke the law. By the way, God's the one that makes the law. The word is the perfect law and I love this. We, we think of the law. We think of getting in trouble with the law. and We think of what? I'm in jail. I watched today. Now, there's a, over here on 115th Avenue, but the Colton and I have had a few experiences. One little area of the road. Uh, one day on the way home, Colton was in front of me. He or behind me. He witnessed this uh, very angry little man got out and, and tried to assault me with a Leatherman tool. God's honest truth. You ask Colton, he'll tell you. It was. It was, it was crazy. Uh, and then Brother Colton decided to do some uh, Mario Kart driving on that same curve. Was that this week or last? He's got the video evidence. And then today as I'm driving, within a block, all of this happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, today I saw as I had a car pulled over, paddy wagon there, guy on the hood, putting handcuffs on him. And I saw the guy getting arrested. And I saw the guy and I thought, yep, that guy looks like a criminal. I'm glad they got him. We think of the law as arresting and binding. But the perfect law of liberty, the Bible goes on to say, brings freedom. The perfect law of liberty there in verse number 25. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of 
the liberty. If we obey the word of the Lord, we're freed. Freed from sin, freed from self, freed from Satan, freed to serve God. So we see there the descriptions. Number two in this passage, we see the word of God is the instrument the Holy Spirit uses in the new birth. And this is vital. It is the word of God. Notice in verse number 18. Verse 18, and this is a vital, vital truth here we've got to understand. Of his own will, he begat, begat he us. Or we were born. How were we born? The Bible says, with the word of truth. We won't take time tonight to turn to John 3, but in John 3, 16, where it speaks, for God so loved the world, you know the passage of John 3. In the beginning of John chapter 3, Jesus is talking with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus goes to see Jesus at night, and he says, you know, good, good master, you know, we, I, I know you're a, a, a prophet. No man can do these things. And he, he asks the question, basically, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, ye must be born again. And he said, what? <laughs> How is that possible? Can I enter a second time in my mother's womb? That doesn't make sense. And Jesus said to him, I think it was in verse 5, you must be born of water and of the Spirit. Now, he was born of water, the natural birth, that semiotic fluid, that uh, water birth made him born physically. But to be born spiritually, he had to be born of the Spirit. Can I tell you the tool that God uses by his Spirit to bring the new birth? It's the Word of God. The Bible's plain here in James. It is the Word of God. Uh, Titus, hold your place there in James and turn back quickly. You're just a, a few pages away. Titus chapter 3. In verse number 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God, the miracle of the new birth. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, very plain, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So the word of God is the tool that God uses to bring the new birth. That's why it's so vital that we share the word of God. That's why it's vital that we give out the word of God, the gospel. And not, Our testimony is a powerful thing, but God wants us also to use his word. Why? His word is the tool the Holy Spirit uses uh, to give the new birth. Number three, and I've got to hurry here. When we read... When you read or hear the word of God, we are to receive it with humility and apply its teachings to our life. How many of you have ever had someone tell you something that you didn't want to hear? I remember many years ago, I was at a doctor's office in Gibbons, Alberta. Dr. Botha, his doctor's name's from South Africa, wonderful man, great doctor, wonderful, wonderful man. This was 19, no, 2008, I believe it was. 2000, yeah, 2008. My health was not good. 
I had gained a bit of weight and gone through a lot of stress was going on, a lot of things going on. It was during the time, after the time, that we uh, had the girls overdose on ecstasy on the reserve and dealing with the media and all of that and a lot of, a lot of other issues and things on my plate and my health was not good. And I went to the doctor to see him and he checked my blood pressure and he looked at me and he said, Mr. Rice, you're going to die. And then he said it again. He said, you are going to die. I'm like, oh, great. That's what I wanted to hear. And he scheduled all kinds of tests for me. And he told me, you know, your heart's in rough shape. You got to do something. And we're going to run these tests. And, of course, I've got a serious history of heart disease in my family. And I got scared. And uh, so uh, by the time they, you know, are wonderful, praise God for our healthcare system, but it's not the fastest thing. How many of you know that? And by the time they got all the tests scheduled, by the time they got me in for the test, uh, I had beat myself in this objection to the point where my heart was not perfect, but it was much better than it was, to the point where the doctor said, okay, maybe you're not going to die right now. You're still going to die someday, but not right now. I didn't want to hear those words from him. I didn't want to receive them. Now, Christian... Sometimes when we get to the Word of God, we receive things we don't want to hear. It's uncomfortable. By the way, when we're living in sin, it's not comfortable when God says, like the prophet Nathan said to David, thou art the man. That's not comfortable. But we need to receive the Word of God. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 in our text, the Bible says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness, the engrafted word. So we're talking about accepting that engrafted or implanted word in us. We're to receive it with meekness, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So we're not just to hear it. We're to do it. How many have ever been around a dog that was disobedient? pet. Now, Brother Eric, I'm sure your dog is completely obedient. I'm sure your dog is trained perfectly. However, Brother Bonnie has a dog that tried to eat me the other day, and uh, I got to the door, and my my lawyer is still talking with his lawyer, trying to get a settlement. But uh, Bambi came, and uh, Bambi really, really, really wanted to eat me. No, she wanted to lick me and play with me. And Chris is trying to get Bambi to get down, and she wouldn't listen, and Finally, Bond came, punched him, punched Bambi in the face, and no, Bambi listened a little bit to Bond. But I said, "Hey, I understand. My dog's the same thing. They listen, but they don't do anything. You ever have that? Sometimes us husbands are like that, right, wives? Uh, we hear, but we don't do what we we hear. As Christians, sometimes the Bible says we are hearers." By the way, a lot of Christians hear the Word of God. They, they gather in a local body of believers. They, they hear preaching of the Word of God. They may even read the Bible. Uh, it becomes a pattern in their life. They read it. They hear it. But do we receive it? Do we receive it? I, if there's a plate of tomatoes being passed around at a dinner table, or the mod, I'm not receiving any. I don't like tomatoes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all of them, put them in a bag, and take them to Gerald and 
throw him in his car. Uh, I'll bring him to Gerald. He likes tomatoes. I don't like them. I'm not going to receive them. I don't want them. Now, just about everything else in the world, when it comes by, Brother Bonnie, I'm taking two of everything else, but I don't want any tomatoes. I, I'm not going to receive them. God wants us to humbly receive the Word of God, to humbly receive it, to accept it. And this, this is the main teaching of this passage. Uh, we're to, to obey it. Uh, and the same, same passage here, as we continue on, number four, we're to come to the Word of God and use it as a mirror and adjust our lives accordingly. It has been so many years since I have had any hair I have no idea what it's like to have my hair out of place, Brother Gerald. I, you probably do. you got a big, lots of hair. But I, I, I don't know what that's like. Brother Bonnie, you don't know what that's like either. Uh, let's see. Brother Eric, you almost. Nah, almost. Tim, okay, we'll use someone that has hair. Tim has some hair. You know, Tim's going to school. Uh, he probably, before he goes to school, he probably goes in the mirror. Make, make sure that hair's right. He probably doesn't because he doesn't care. Uh, but, you know, if he went to the mirror and his hair is standing up like this, I mean standing straight up, he's probably going to go, looks pretty good. I'll go to no. No, he's probably going to go, what in the world's going on? I'm not going to leave it looking like that. Although I see people out walking on the street, Brother Eric, I don't think they have mirrors because I see him walking around. It looks like that. But... He's going to look and go, oh, man, I got I to gotta fix this. Whenever we have our ladies, new ladies' washroom back here, you ladies are going to be excited. It's going to be a two-stage room. And actually, there's three stages. The first stage is the hallway area. We're opening up. We're going to put a big mirror and nice lights in there. So you ladies can go and check your makeup, check your hair. Tim, you can check your hair, too. And uh, uh, I can check my beard. Uh, you can check to make sure you're, everything's just, just right. Brother Bonnie, make sure, you know, get your wife to dress you. But then, ladies, when you walk in the ladies' washroom, there's going to be a, an ante room. Is that, is that the right kind of uh, wording, I think? The first area of the washroom uh, is going to be an area just with a mirror. And then there's going to be another door that goes into the stall area, and inside the stall area is going to be uh, the toilet and a sink and a mirror. So we're going to have three mirror options for you ladies. I mean, we're going to have the greatest church bathroom in the history of church bathrooms. But all opportunity for you to make sure, okay, everything's just right. Now, I don't look in a mirror much. I told my wife today, she says something about crying. I said, I only cry when I look in the mirror, so I don't look at them. But when we look in a mirror, we understand it's not just about seeing ourselves, it's about making sure that we look presentable, making sure that things are the way they ought to be. God wants us to come to the Word of God like a mirror and to adjust our lives accordingly. Verse 23, for if any be a bear, hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's likened to a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself... And goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's the Bible, and continueth therein, he being not forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his 
deeds. So when we look, when we look into the mirror of the Word of God, Christian, can I tell you what happens sometimes? Sometimes, Bond, when you open your Bible, you go, I'm disobeying the Bible. Every time he looks at it, actually. No, uh, you're going to go, oh, man, <laughs> what I'm doing, uh, God, I'm, I'm disobeying the book. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and we walk away. By the way, we all do that sometimes. We walk away forgetting the Bible says what manner of man we are. In other words, we don't do anything about what we see. We don't do anything about what we see. I remember years ago in their old building, we had a lady, and I don't think anybody here would know who it was, so I can tell the story. We had a lady who used to come years ago, and she, she came, went to the washroom, and she came back from the washroom. But Eric, I think you all might have been here uh, then, and there was a long piece of toilet paper hanging behind her, got stuck in her skirt or whatever she had on. It was like she had this long white tail, float, like a veil of a, of, a, of, a, of a homeless wedding dress. And I had a hard time keeping it together. I was in the middle of preaching, and here comes this lady walking in the aisle with a long piece of toilet paper just hanging behind her. She's going. Now, had she turned, had she had a mirror like we're going to have, ladies, she would have went, oh, oh, my goodness, I can't go out there looking like that. I got to get that. I got to take care of that. Christian, we have the word of God, the mirror. And God wants us to come to it so we can see what we are, what we ought to be, and we can make adjustment as the Holy Spirit through the word of God prompts us. And that's the vital way, one of the, this tool of the Word of God, the way we ought to use the Word. Uh, we have to look at ourselves uh, in the mirror of the Word of God. Number five, quickly. When the mirror of the Word of God reveals sin and failure, we need to deal with it at once. We need to deal with it at once. Verse 21 in our text again, it says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness. And superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. We're to lay apart. And what's that mean? <laughs> get it off of us. Get rid of it. Remove it. Separate it. Like get, get away from me. I used to help my father do renovations when I was a boy and a teenager. I remember the first time I ever helped him with a bathroom renovation. It was a small little rental place owned by a man in our church. and We went there, and the floor was rotten in this old, 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 old place. The floor was rotten. and We had to remove the floor and reinforce the joists in the floor and put a new, uh, new floor down. And In process of doing this renovation, a small bathroom... We also had to lift the flange. How many of you ever worked with toilets before? You got the flange that comes through the, uh, the plumbing where the toilet, the throne sits there. And we had to lift it up. And so my dad was under the house, and he had some, some wood cribbing and blocking. And, and I was up in the bathroom, and I think the joists were in, but we hadn't put the plywood yet. And we had laid a level 
across the joist, and my dad had me standing on the joist, and back when I could bend over, no, he had me go down and, and grab a hold and lift that flange up and hold it at the height that needed to be on the new floor. And then my dad underneath was going to be shimming up with cribbage to, uh, to, and then we were going to strap it to make sure that pipe was supported, that old pipe. I'd never worked with plumbing before. I was, I don't know, 15 years old, maybe 14. How many of you know what a wax seal is for a toilet seal? It's a little, a little rubber thing and your wax ring. And when you put the throne down on, it squishes that wax and that wax creates a seal. Well, that wax squeezes down through the flange and kind of gets everywhere. Well, I reached down to grab this. All I knew was it was the toilet flange. And I grabbed the bottom and lift up. When I lifted up, Brother Eric, there was that old, nasty, waxy disgustingness from 500 years of toilet seals. And I squished through about a half inch of wax till I touched the steel flange, all my fingers embedded in this wax, except in my mind, I didn't know it was wax. I was envisioning that this was something else entirely. And I was just, and I knew if I let go, my dad was going to beat me with a two by four. And I didn't dare say hurry up or he'd beat me with a two by four. Uh, but I'm in my mind like, oh, 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 he's got to stop. Oh, he got to. And as soon as he was done, I'm like, oh, oh. And my dad starts dying laughing because he can see me. And he said, it's just wax. This is brown. It's just dirty wax, but I could not get that off of me fast enough. Even once I knew it was wax, it was disgusting. I wanted it off of me. Christian, when you come to the word of God and God reveals sin, which is much worse than any imagination we can ever imagine of disgustingness to ourselves, God wants us to deal with it immediately. Immediately. We, we won't take time tonight, but we can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In that passage, see a parallel. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have an illustration in Ephesians, and I'll read that very quickly. We're close there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. The Bible says, uh, it's not, verse uh, 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. We see that picture of putting off, putting on, cleaning up. When the mirror of the word of God, when I look into it, reveals sin, I need to deal with it at once. Verse 22 in our text, the Bible says, if we don't do that, if we don't do that, we're deceived. We're deceived. Verse 22 in our text says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Many of you know when someone asks me how I'm doing, I, I often jokingly say, I'm beautiful. That's my standard answer. How are you doing? Oh, I'm beautiful. And my wife will always say, Every time you're not beautiful, you may be handsome, but you're not beautiful. And uh, I will 
as I, when I get ready for church in the morning, on Sunday morning, I'll say to my wife as we're preparing to leave church, I say, well, I'm beautiful. And I'll walk out and she shakes her head. Now, me looking in the mirror and saying, Brother Cosme, I'm beautiful, I'm deceiving myself. Uh, now, my wife is beautiful. Uh, a sunrise is beautiful. Uh, a deer running through the forest onto my plate under gravy and mashed potatoes. That's beautiful. But I'm not. The Bible says we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves when we hear and we don't do. When we see what God says and we don't obey. We've been deceived. We've been duped. Uh, it's easy to become careless. It's easy to become lax spiritually. Uh, to follow at a distance like Peter did. Or to not follow at all like the other disciples did. And lastly, we'll close with this in verse 25. Verse 25, the Bible says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. To hear the word of God, to accept that implanted word, that engrafted word, with humility, to look into the mirror of the Word of God and to allow God to adjust my life to match His Word. God says when I do that, the end result is blessing. It's always blessing. God always blesses His Word. God always blesses our receiving, accepting that engrafted, that implanted word with humility. When we receive that, God blesses us. So often we, we don't believe that God can bless us. We don't think it's going to work. How many of you have ever seen the videos of people trying to stay awake under anesthesia? You ever seen that? Where they lay there and, okay, I'm going to stay awake. First time I had surgery, back when I was, I think I was 20, I thought I was going to do that, Brother Bonnie. I laid there and like count backwards from 10. I'm like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm not going to go out. And I was thinking, I'm going to get to at least, you know, two, one. I might have to, uh, 10. Where am I? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I went out. No, I, I do, it does take longer for them to get me out than most people, but can I tell you that last January, when they sliced this leg open and they repaired this knee as best as they could, I praise God that I went out. I mean, I have a very high pain tolerance, but I'm glad I didn't have to feel them slicing my knee open and shucking it like an ear of corn and, and drilling holes in my kneecap and tying. I'm glad that I was asleep. I'm glad that I was out. I, it worked. It, it just works. If they're going to put you under, you're going under. Can I tell you, God's blessing will work if we let it, if we follow God's plan of blessing. We could take, we could look at so many verses. I want to read one more for you before we close. In 1 John 5. 
We could look at Psalm 119, all of Psalm 119. We won't tonight because most of you'd have a heart attack if we did that. First John chapter 5 and verse 3. For this is the love of God. First John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And by the way, Christian, it goes on to say his commandments are not grievous. It's not hard. It's not overbearing. It's not asking too much. Psalm 119, God gave David to pin many things about the blessings that come about from the word of God. Blessing after blessing after blessing. Our whole study tonight about the word of God, will you turn, look at one more passage, we'll look at one more verse and we'll close here. Colossians 3. And then I'll say one more verse, and no, I, I won't. Colossians chapter 3, we'll close here. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ Amen. dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What does God long for us to do as his people? What's God's desire for you? What's God want from me? Deuteronomy tells us all that their heart will be inclined to fear me and keep my commandments always so that it might be well with them and their children forever. God wants you and I to obey and love this book. He, he gives us the tool and he gives us the instruction on what to do with it. And then his blessing is assured to come, always. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word. That engrafted, implanted word in my heart. Lord, may we receive it with meekness. Lord, if we're honest this evening, there's much of the word of God that is hard for us. Hard for us to receive, hard because of our cultural understanding, hard because of our practice of life, hard because of the appetites that we've acquired away from your book, hard because we become selfish. Lord, may we receive it. Lord, may we every day look into the mirror of this word. May we see ourselves as we are, May we see what you want us to be. And may we walk away changed, not forgetful. God, help us not to be deceived, to be duped. Help us not to lie to ourselves. God, help us to be honest with you and honest with ourselves as we're honest with this book. May we allow it to dwell in us richly. Bless us now, Lord. May you be glorified. Help us as we leave this place to honor you, to love this book, to testify of your goodness, and to show forth Christ. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen.